right, guys. Uh, we're going to kick it off right away. Luke, what's going on, man? What's happening, dude? Happy Wednesday at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. This is a little bit different change of pace for us here. A little different. I know we were going to record last night. It's going to be a late one. Um, and so I was kind of prepped, ready for that. And now two o'clock, I'm like, I don't really know what to drink. So have a couple of waters, a couple of croy, and then I brought a beer up just in case. Like, see, I don't, have a, I don't have a beer with me. So you're going to be your own on that one, but I got a couple of waters by me. Um, but yeah, I didn't mean to cancel on you last night. We've been, there's been some really good there's been some really good conversations that I've had with guys lately and we've, we've just gone out to dinners and the dinners have, I mean, we're like, Hey, let's go there at five 36. And then they turn out to be like nine 30, 10, 10 30 meetings. And I'm like, Holy fuck, there goes my entire night. But yeah. which is, which is great because they're, they're very constructive and it's good to kind of get somebody in like a, like a personal setting. And then you can really vent compared to I've noticed like phone calls, you know, everybody feels like to get short on phone calls and it's, it's just good to have face-to-face meetings. So yeah, hundred percent, man. And that's the nice thing about, you know, the podcast too, is that we don't record the day before, you know, so this mm-hmm. is coming out next week, gives us some time. And I know that's something you and I've been working on is just being more organized and prepared so that, you know, we are our best when these podcasts come out, but yeah, as far as like those conversations that you have face-to-face, like those are where it's at, you know, it's those business conversations, like in the hot tub or like in person or at a restaurant or at a bar, even, uh, you can just dive into a lot more than a phone call. Cause I feel like a phone call, you feel like you're keeping somebody away from something where in person, I mean, it's just a lot different. It's not as personable, right? You, you can't having that conversation face to face is a lot more personable. And then you can kind of see that emotion or reaction on that person's face. And then that can kind of help lead the conversation too, to where, things don't get misled because yeah. there's, there's an emotion that you can see to it. There's an emotion that you can feel to it, which helps. Yeah. It was like our big, uh, dirt bags Christmas party we had at, I think it was Southtown four house. It was. Yeah. We were um, having a good time. That's where we went to a Southtown. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had, had our business meeting, had a couple NAs, then we hit up the blackjack table and that's, I feel like that's where, that's where it happens. You ask any one of my guys, and that is like the hiring interview process where we'll go to like Southtown or Bar Down. We'll have a couple beers. We'll talk, you know, talk shop. We'll eat. And then I'm always like, blackjack table, let's go. Dude, you learn a lot about people at the blackjack table. You do. You absolutely you do. You see how they can handle stress. And if you're down, what you do to come back and yeah, how they and play like, their hands. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great interview tactic. You're like, should I hit this 16? And then I'm like, I don't know. Should you? Yeah. Are um, you a gambler? Or are you not? <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it, I feel like instead of doing those um, glint scores or the disc assessments where they test your personality, I feel like the blackjack table can do that just as well. Of like, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of figure out, you know, if they're more conservative and they don't hit on their 16s, might be better in the office, you know, con- more conservative on the phone. So yep. you can kind of place them in the right, uh, the right positions. And speaking Absolutely. of, blackjack you had met you had mentioned this so uh that's on you but uh houston texas october uh we are going to the dirt world summit um i don't even think i told you this yet but we are uh official influencers of it now so we have our own code uh so we're influencers yep no way (laughs) yeah so uh, we have our own code, uh, it's dirtbags 10. So if anyone's going or wants to go, you can use that code. I don't know exactly what, per- I think it's 10% off. I'm not sure. Maybe it's 10 bucks off. Um, hopefully it's 10%, but, 
Um, yeah. And I know you and I are doing the golfing. We're doing everything. So we'll be out there. Can we use our own code because I have not paid yet. So I am definitely going to use that. So, Dude, I'm just waiting for, uh, I think there's still a contest that's going. So I'm waiting to see if we get some free tickets. Fuck yeah. Oh, that was fun. Actually, good topic that you brought up. Aaron was in Fargo here the other day and he, I was in Watford city. I was playing weird. I was playing at a golf tournament by one of our GCs. They invited us and he had texted me like Sunday and he's like, Hey man, um, you know, anywhere that I can like, park an RV. And I was like in Fargo. Yeah. And I was like, honestly, no, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't mm, like an RV park or, and he's like the, the company that we're going to see offered to like, let us park in a hotel or something. And he's like, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. And I was like, you can park at our office. I said, we've got power there and like bring your RV and let me know if you want me to like, keep it open. There's showers, bathrooms, like whatever. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, okay, perfect. So like at 8 a.m. at night, he sent me a picture of the RV and hooked up. And he's like, we're all good. I was like, sweet. Dude, <laughs> that's incredible. It. Where, because so. um, this is part of their road show I've been seeing. And what are they doing in Fargo again? Who are they seeing? They went to go see ASN. ASN mm-hmm. is doing the diversion right now. Yeah. And so apparently Aaron knew one of the companies because it's it's one company that three of them basically made. So it's weird, but he knew one of them and mm. knew the PR team and they got him up there. And yeah, it was, it was cool to get his take. He's, he definitely, I guess they really kind of divulged to him about like the struggles that they had in the wintertime. Cool. That they had no idea about. And which is weird. Cause a lot of people were telling them, Hey, this is going to happen. You should probably be ready for this. Yeah. And obviously they didn't listen and now they're, now they're getting the repercussions of it. So. Dude, that's super interesting. I wonder, um, and I don't know if it's come out yet. I'm sure by the time this episode pops out, it'll all be out there. But um, do you think you'll be uh, in the blog or in the video or anything? Uh, no, they stopped by one of our job sites and I, that was the first time I had ever like met Aaron. And oh, really? Yeah, their cameras were put away and huh. you know, it was it was just fun to talk to him cuz he's like, "Hey, like thanks for letting us stay. Let us know like can we stop by one of your sites?" And I was like, "Yeah, we're, you know, we're up on Main Avenue. You know, come out and check, you know, come check it out. We'll chat and, you know, it was fun." Hugh, he was like a little like a little fan girl. He's like, "I've followed you since you were since you were, you know, since Hugh. a long time ago." Hugh, and I was come like, on. Dude, dude. He's like, "Can I get a picture?" <laughs> and it was so funny. And Aaron's like, "Yeah, man, like for sure. Take a picture for sure." Uh, it was funny. I was hoping uh I didn't have any stickers. I ha- actually had these really big like western stickers. Yeah. I wasn't about to slap one of those on the RV, but I was wishing I had something like smaller that I could have put on his pickup or something. Yeah. Oh, and, dude. I didn't have dude. anything. I, uh, I keep forgetting that you've never met him because I've I've met Aaron in person, I think two or three times, one at Con Expo and then yep. one um when I was in Nashville. And so, but you you were on the podcast a long time ago, but I yeah, suppose that, that was it was almost like two years ago. I was on that, that was podcast. that was remote, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was actually at my house on my phone recording it like this. No, and way. they were they were probably beating their head against the wall, like what the Damn fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. So, but no, that was the first time I met him. So it was fun to, fun to actually meet the guy and super nice. You know, it was fun to, fun to have a conversation with him. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't think I told you this either, but I had a call with Jason, uh, Richmond, who's a COO of BuildWit and yep. him and I have been very close for the last couple of years. And, um, I'm, I got, uh, recruited onto their golf 
committee. So, nice. you know, they're, they're doing the golf open or whatever at in Houston when we're there. And he's like, yeah, do you want to help out with the golf committee? I'm like, hell yeah. Put sure. me down. Sign me up. So, you know, free tickets and we'll all do it. So absolutely. Fuck. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I think we're, this podcast is going to be structured a little bit different. Um, Luke, I've got, and I, and I texted you some of them, but I don't know what it is lately, but I've got a lot of messages with some like really good questions. Yeah. So I think we should dive into some of those. Yeah. So, I mean, let's dive into that first one that you had the, basically I'm a young business owner and currently employ a couple friends and guys my age. I feel like we see this all the time, Oh, but this, um, is, a, this is a really good one. Yeah. How do I gain the respect of me being the boss and calling the shots? I feel like this is more companies than not, especially with guys that are younger and guys our age. So what are your thoughts to that? Like, how do you draw that line of being the boss and calling the shots, but still like, you know, not throwing away your friendship? For sure. And so that is a very tough question because like you said, we I see that a lot. I'm in that same position to where guy I employ guys that are older than me, that are my same age, that are younger than me. And I think the biggest thing that you have to do is kind of like let them know right up front, like, hey, this is a business, right? Mm -hmm. If something goes wrong and I have to get stern with you or I have to tell you what to do, like it's not personal, right? I'm not attacking your character on anything, no. but I, I will have to address it because I am in charge. This is you know, this is my company, right? And if they don't understand that and they don't respect that, they're not the right fit. Then I think you just, you just got to move on from them. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too, is how you carry yourself uh, when mm -hmm. you bring them in and it's like, they will sense the difference and it's not like, oh yeah, you get the job, come on in. Um, a lot of times, you know, there's a way to do things. There's a way to hire people and like, they will see that you are a different person, you know, not good or bad, but just a different person when it comes to business and when shit needs to get done on time and on budget, like it just has to get done rather than like, you know, when you hang out with them outside of work and you're at the bar and stuff, it's going to be a lot different. So I think you as a leader need to show that, especially at the beginning, um, that like, you know, we're not here to mess around. Like this is my livelihood and a lot of people's, you know, life here. Um, here's how we do business. And, uh, it actually kind of goes well with what I'm working through right now. And that's, uh, implementing EOS into our business. And the first module to it is your vision, your core values, you know, what your team, um, how your team acts, how your team does the job, uh, everything. And so having that from the start and having it clearly documented, um, will just help that process of, you know, Sure, it might be your best friend that's the exact same age as you, but you have to detail that out right away that this is different than, you know, when we hang out at the bar on Saturday night. Yeah. And you got to, you as the owner have to hold a different standard, right? You have to, there's got to be some maturity that comes along with that role. You got to show like you're invested in this business and you're not out trying to, you know, show off your things of business, right? You're not trying to show everybody how much cooler you are than them and things like that. You've got to be, you've got to be a mature business owner for those guys that work for you and for your friends to understand like, Hey, there's a common goal. We got to meet here, right? Let's, let's, let's get to work and meet that goal and I'll be successful instead of, you know, trying to represent, well, I'm the owner, you know, you have to listen to me type thing. Yeah. And another thing that it brings up in my head, because we've been working through this last few weeks after we published Doug castles episode which if you haven't listened to it yet go listen to it because that one has been awesome um but really diving into like you know who is the owner who's the employee like you're going to kind of treat the business differently right you know the owner 
you can't make an employee love your business as much as you do. And that's just a fact, but how can you uh, help them see the vision for their own lives through your company? And so um, we obviously we did a deep dive in that last episode, uh, which has really taken off. Um, but no surprise, like it just, uh, I had so many people just say like how they appreciated how like raw it was and how deep we went. And a lot of that is, you know, credit to you, Luke. Um, I've had multiple people call me and say like, dude, Luke has stepped it up the last two or three episodes of like your questions and the way you're like conducting a podcast. And I think that's just um, really been our goal from the start is like not to stay surface level. It's like, let's dive deeper than most podcasts go. And uh, I mean, that one was, it was perfect. And of course it was great to have Doug on as a guest because we know him personally. We love talking business with him. He's a great friend. And just to dive into some of the emotional stuff that he was feeling, but kind of figure it out on the podcast. Like it was, it was insane. And he's the one to do it with too, because he is, he's very open. He's an open book and he'll tell anybody that. So it was, it was really fun to get that like almost raw emotional take. Yeah. It's it was funny. Um, uh, James from Canadian septic shot me a message. He's like, dang, I hope none of his employees listen to the podcast. And then, well, and even if they did though, like it's good. And I, I do think it's good for employees to hear business owners frustrations as well. Yep. And, and I did message James back and I was like, Doug literally texted me today. He's like, he listened to it in the truck with his couple of guys yeah. on his team in there. And he's like, I don't care. Like they, and it's not a bad thing. Like you said, I mean, they should hear that. And that was him speaking from the heart. And I think anytime you're talking to somebody, you should never say something that you wouldn't say like to them. I, and that's my opinion. It's, you know, anything you talk about, you should be able to say to that person, you know, to their face. hundred percent. Going to the point of, you know, talking about things and talking about, you know, your struggles as the owner, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously you've got to kind of tread carefully because there are things that people don't need to know sometimes, yeah. but I do think it is good to talk about frustrations with people. I do think it is good to talk about challenges that the owner has so that you can really kind of be vulnerable with your guys and then they can see that as well. Yeah. And if you take um, a couple snippets from the podcast, you might get the wrong idea, but if you listen to the whole thing, I mean, literally towards the end, he he's like, yeah, the problem is me. Like mm-hmm. I stopped painting the picture. That's the title of the podcast. And it just, it's crazy how it just came like full circle. And we were trying to dissect, you know, over the last two years, why was his company specifically having issues uh, with employee retention and just gaining employees. And so, you know, the interesting thing with his business is he's getting employees coming in, but they're not staying. And so I think that's a different um, problem than attracting employees, um, you know, is that employee retention. And, you know, Luke, I know you talk about that quite often of how do you attract employees to your construction company, but the bigger thing is like, how do you keep them? Because it is very expensive to keep like replacing guys, um, and keep training them and just keep, you know, keep them funneling through. Correct. Exactly. I, um, yeah, it's a struggle, but that's just part of business. Um, there wasn't okay. And I'm, I'm thinking of questions here and I apologize. There was a guy that snapped me a really good question the other day, and I forgot what it was. So I'm texting him really quick to get that question for this podcast. Because I mean, it was it was one of those like really relatable ones that I know yeah. everybody's dealing with. We'll shoot him a message, and I'm sure we'll have it by the end. Uh, who I'm was I'm hoping so. 
I'm going to, I'm texting him and saying, send me that question you sent me on snap the other day. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, let's jump into the next one. Um, had this one come in and yeah, for anyone listening, this is our kind of Q and a podcast. Uh, we're going to mix these in, um, you know, kind of randomly. And so we'll still have our normal every two weeks on Friday episodes. Uh, but these are kind of going to be a new segment, a little bit quicker. Uh, and so send us your questions because we're going to do our best to answer them here and then, uh, just kind of, you know, give our thoughts on them. So uh, another one we had come in was when do I know it's time to buy equipment and when do I know when to add employees? So basically that, you know, classic, well, this could be another skid steer payment and, you know, yep. when it's an employee. So where's that difference is, is, do you have a financial formula? Is there just like a feeling like, how do you discern between like adding an employee, adding equipment, or maybe the third thing that he didn't mention is like a combination of the two. Yeah. The, the equipment piece is tough, but Cole and I are actually going through this right now. We are paying, and I hate this topic because one, I hate trucks. I absolutely hate trucks. And this is where that conversation is kind of leading to, but we are paying so much out in trucking to companies right now. Mm. And it's, and it's, it's tough because there's projects that will get delayed because of truck availability for us. Right. We, we own a couple side dumps. That's about it. I don't own any dump trucks just because they were too much of a headache and I sold them. Now, looking back, I wish I wouldn't have sold them, but was I did. Tina, was Tina a dump truck? Tina was a dump truck. That was our first black T800. Yeah. That I, again, wish probably looking back should never have sold that because I got it at such a good price. I cannot replace it for what I bought that for. What, but, what did you pay for it? If you can say, um, I bought that for 85 grand. Nice. And then that was 2021. What year was that? 2021? No, maybe it was. Yeah, it was towards. Yeah, it was in 2021. It was. It was towards like the later fall of 2021. Yeah. But then when I sold it, I sold it for like 125 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I got in at the right time. But anyway, so Cole and I are paying this em enormous trucking bill. Right. Yeah. For the last two months, I think we're close to like 217 grand in trucking. And it's just like, okay, we have to look at that and be like, when does it become, when does it make sense for us to bring our own trucks in? Right. We have to add in, you know, the truck payments, the fuel costs, the employment costs, you know, so we're going through that right now and figuring out, okay, what is this total cost if we were to do this? But then also the convenience. I think people yeah. overlook convenience of things a lot. Right. If I need a truck 30 minutes ago and it's 1230 in the afternoon and I have to sub one out, there's no yeah. way I'm getting one that day. Not a right. chance. You know, so I think that plays a big factor as well. And it's just kind of knowing where you are in business and understanding, um, you know, your goals. Right. If you are like, say, we'll take Dylan. If you're a company that kind of relies on that rental and you and you schedule your weeks for that for different jobs, you can make it work. But when you have you know, say four or five, six different jobs going on at a time that is very tough to schedule because things are ever changing. So in my case, we're looking at it as what is the cost that we're putting out right now? What is the cost that we could save as far as, you know, guys efficiency? Because say we can't get a truck, you know, when we need one, then we're, then we're behind schedule, you know? So that is where we're looking at it in that sense. And everybody's is different, right? So the right time to buy equipment is all going to be based on where you're at 
right? But every there's all different situations that you can look at to justify it. But I think the number one place it starts is workload, what you have yeah. up and coming, and then also your affordability. You know, look, you know, look four months down the road. What is this machine going to be doing four months, five months, six months down the road? Is it going to stay busy? Yeah, and kind of what I'm hearing from you is that you know you, you do, in my opinion, and probably yours, you kind of need to stretch that out then make that move like and not do it before anything's there so like yeah i'm gonna buy some trucks and then go find some trucking work like i think like what you guys are doing like there is an answer to sub it out um do that and like look at the numbers look at the numbers and as you keep getting stretched out as deadlines start to get a lot closer and start to you know potentially be missed then it's like okay does this make financial sense to bring this in-house and you know, from a totally different lens, I look at that in my business with employees, it's like, you know, we contract out a lot of our work, but they work with us consistently. And then when that gets to a point of like, okay, we can bring this in house, then we bring it in house, but it's not all at once. And so especially guys that, you know, are under a couple million dollars in revenue, it's like, you have to put your focus in, you know, you, you have so many bills with equipment, with staff, with softwares, everything. So where are you going to put that focus in those financial resources too? Because you can't spread it everywhere right away. No, because that's how companies go under, right? You, you, you almost talk yourself into getting that piece yeah. before you even really need it. And then it bites you in the ass. Yeah. I mean, then you're over leveraged. And if there's any tick in the economy or if your work slows down at all, or if you didn't account for like a slower winter or a, a later spring or something like that, yep. I mean- and you just get screwed over. So, um, uh, so this is kind of one, and I don't know if this is the right time to, to bring up this one, but, uh, had, had a question come in, um, talking about snow removal. And so I was thinking we could bring the snow jobs guys on it at some point too. I think this would be a fun one, but, um, wanted to get your take on it of just like, uh, adding in snow removal for your slow season. I think it obviously depends on where you live. Cause out East, they had a couple inches last year yeah. and it really just, you it know, sucked. sucked it up. So like, what, what are your thoughts on that adding it in? And we'll talk ma- mainly like Minnesota, North Dakota, Wisconsin, like some of these, uh, better States. And then, you know, how do you, like, do you go at it residential? Do you do, you just sub on with a big company? Like what are some ideas? And then do you even buy that equipment or do you just like attach, you know, a blade to your loader or something? That is a good question. Cause I think it really depends on what services you want to go after, right? If you want to immerse yourself as a snow removal company too, and take on that headache, don't sub, you know, get your own, right? If you, if you want it to just supplement to like, I just need some cash flow to come in. I just need to cover some of the bills. You know, we had a really good summer, fall, spring, and that'll, you know, that'll carry us for a while, but I still want some income to come in sub all day long, right? Because then you don't have responsibilities. You just get told when we're coming in, when we're done and your guys still get their hours, things like that. Um, Residential versus commercial is a argument that I think a lot of people would have. Residential absolutely sucks Mm -hmm. in excavation and snow and whatever the case may be right but i you're dealing with a lot of emotion on the homeowner side yeah and that's where things just get over exaggerated they get over complicated and just not worth in my opinion 
Yeah. And when you sub for commercial, you have one boss. When you do your own residential, you have a hundred bosses. And Correct. yeah, like you said, it's, it's very emotional where like commercial and it, you know, you're not dealing with those phone calls. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I see the pros and cons. Obviously you're not going to make as much and it's not your business either, but you have one call and you know, you call, you go out. And I know a lot of guys use this if they have team members that they're considering like having to lay off in the winter and it's like, okay, how can I keep these guys busy so that they can feed their families and they want to come work with me next year? So I think it's kind of just that juggling act of, you know, where you're at in the country, but also, you know, where you're at in your business. Also where the guys are at, right? I would have that conversation with your employees, yeah. right? Do you want to lay off? Yeah. Right? If you don't want to lay off, here's our alternative. Here's what I have to offer you, right? If you're going to be here and want these hours, I'm going to need you here. And there's no set schedule for that. So I think that conversation has to be had as well. That's an excellent point. I think that can really help in your leadership too, of just Mm. like bringing everyone together and be like, all right, guys, here's what we're looking at. Um, And I always tell people, try and find three options. Most people only have two options that they bring to the table. Try and find a third option and, uh, and just ask your team, be like, what do we as a team want to do this year? And that might not be the final decision because ultimately you as the business owner makes that call, but you can at least like bring your guys in and and get some feedback and see like, if they're going to leave, if you, you know, have them come in for snow, then you're not going to be reliable when you do get called out and it's just going to be an absolute mess. So then there might be a strategy of just like, okay, let's, you know, lay off in the winter. We're going to work on this type of work and these types of systems. We're going to hit it hard in the spring when it thaws. Yep. Um, I don't want to backtrack us, but I had a good point. So on the employee metric, when on that first question, when do I add employees? I think everybody should know when you got to add, when you physically cannot keep up and you need more help. Usually that's a good sign that you need employees, but a good metric for like retain or not retaining, but just tracking like your, your, your growth and your revenue and the employees that you have and making sure you're profitable. Randy, I had a call with Randy Blunt. This was two, three weeks ago. And he, we were talking about employees and he gave me the metric of Luke an employee should be making a business between 25,000 and $45,000 a month. If they cannot obtain that for you, that employee, it probably isn't worth having. And I'm like, I have never like heard that before. So that was really interesting. And obviously this is like in the excavation space, right? right? So I'm sure lawn care and, you know, though these other industries and landscaping, that's probably a different number, but like as like a heavy civil, that is what they should be making you a month. So I'm sure there's a metric out, you know, for these other industries that people can go and find out as well. But that to me is like, okay, looking at my business, looking at my total gross revenue, looking at, you know, what I have for people employed, are we matching that? You know, where do we fall in those numbers type thing? And that was, that was really eye-opening. Yeah. And then I think the really tricky part, and we've talked about this on a previous podcast is when you do have to hire for those non-revenue generating positions, you know, that office admin, that Mm -hmm. secretary, you know, the accountant, you know, whoever it is where it's like, Mm -hmm. that can be painful for a lot of guys just because it's like, you're not making me 30 K a month. You're actually costing me 60 K a year. And but it, it's really, you know, you look at productivity efficiency and then just you're doing your due diligence as a company. Uh, and I think that's a big difference too, of like when you become, you know, just a, you know, a side hustle or like a business that's kind of just chasing their tail, or you become like an established business that can grow like through the years and like establish a legacy. Exactly. It would, Aaron put it on a story the other day. He was at Blattner Energy the the plaque says you either work in the field or support somebody who does and 
you know, your support staff or your business staff or your office staff, that, you know, that gets accredited to your overhead. You got to figure out your overhead costs and then that gets applied to when you're bidding, right? So you make it up somewhere, but it's very true. I mean, when you are an office staff person, you aren't, you are supporting the business in a way of taking stress or responsibilities off of the owner, right? Yeah. But as far as like infield staff, they're the ones creating the revenue. They're the ones that are making things happen. And I think yeah. people get those mixed. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, you know, both of us would lead with the revenue generating positions. Like you have to build that revenue up to then have those supporting roles to then continue to grow the business. So if you don't have the revenue coming in, I mean, you can't be like pretending to hire these other people to like solve all the problems. You need no. the, those workers that, you know, basically go out of the cave, kill something, bring it back, and then, you know, keep doing that. So revenue's coming into the business. Um, we got another question here. And this question would have, it would have been great to have this one um, on the podcast we did with Doug kind of, kind of, you know, goes into leadership as well. So uh, this is from an employee perspective. How do I level up in a company that doesn't give me instruction or a pathway to level up? What are some things I can do to make those steps without having them laid out for me? So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. That's on that a really one. good question. Um, wow. Good for them. I mean, just hats off to, to that guy who asked that question. But for you to continue to grow with a company for that company not being able to lay steps out for you, that is tough because yeah. you either take the initiative and just start doing everything you possibly can without being asked. Um, but again, it, it depends on your structure. If I were an employee and I was trying to grow my career with this company, what I would be doing is I would look at, you know, the tasks that nobody wants to do. Mm -hmm. I, I would find those and just start being really good at those tasks, right? I would make it and <laughs> I don't want to, this isn't like a sabotage type, but this is a good way to get noticed in my opinion, right? If I'm doing those hard tasks, I'm not complaining about them. I'm just getting them done. It is what it is. Somebody's yeah. got to do it. And then without being asked to, and then wean off them, people are going to notice, well, you were doing that earlier, Right. And then that'll get some conversations going of, oh, well, he was doing it. Why isn't he doing it anymore? Right. And then hopefully that'll bring somebody into the conversation and be like, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I was doing that. Now I'm trying to do this. I don't really have, you know, like a job description or, you know, specific job duties. So I'm trying to kind of figure out what needs to be done and where and the right responsibilities for, you know, who and what. And then that will probably progress into that conversation. Yeah. And I think a big, uh, probably missing piece of information that we don't have is how long they've been with the company. Yep. If you're just starting out, there's that period where you just need to do everything. You know, you need to consume and just like, it's going to be chaotic. You're going to be doing a million things. Um, but if you've been with the company, you know, even like six months and over a year and you don't have that pathway, um, you can go to whoever leadership is and like help build that out because that's only going to help them. And so whether that's you like proposing something, you're already doing the things, but like having just in a more organized way of like, this is what I see the company could use my skills for. What do you think? And like asking for that feedback and like, does this make sense? Is this crap? Like, do we toss this? And then that, that'll kind of get the gears going in their head of like, this makes some sense, but you know, it doesn't make sense to do that. Let's change this and let's get you on this path. And then, um, 
also scheduling some of those like check-in meetings of like, it doesn't have to be every six weeks, but every like six months, every year, just having those meetings where it's like, am I on track? Am I like performing well? Like, how are we doing business-wise? Like, am I, uh, you know, am I being an asset or a liability, you know, and just kind of getting, getting down to the brass tacks of that. So uh, I think it's a great question and it's, it's not a lost cause either. I know a lot of leaders and a lot of companies, like they don't have that laid out and it's sometimes they just need a little extra push and then they will lay that out for you. And I think it's how serious you want to be, right? If you want to just show up and collect a paycheck and be like a status quo type, you're probably not going to get a lot of correspondence of what you can do better, right? Because there's no initiative on your end. But if you're the one asking like, hey, is there any work on Saturdays? Or hey, can I stay late to do this? You know, oh, hey, I noticed this. Am I able to try it this way? You know, you're asking questions. You're you're showing that you want to learn and people are going to notice that. I don't care who you are, but people will notice that. Yeah. And and don't try and just succumb to what all the other employees do and just like, okay, yeah, this everyone takes lunch 15 minutes later than the recommended. Like this is just what everyone does, you know, and stick to your principles and stick to what you believe in. And, you know, don't think that you have to match what all the other employees are doing. Like, um, I think that's how you can get in trouble. Even if it is leadership that does something wrong, um, nobody's perfect. And so stick to your principles and stick to what you think is right. Um, and I, you know, I think you'll, you'll really show up and, and uh, you can move up quickly in a big company easily, very easily. And people talk when you are a hard worker and you don't complain, those people that you're working with or say under are going to want you on their team. And they're going to make those strides to make sure you have what you need to stay. Yeah. I, uh, actually had a call yesterday, a young guy named Tanner Freeman out of Auburn. He just graduated couple days ago and uh, he yeah and he's uh looking for a job in construction and so you know he had reached out to me and you know i'm just like kind of helping place him i guess and and he's going to talk with the buildwick guys too and it's it just fires me up he's 22 years old he has experience in construction and he's like looking to just learn the ropes and be you know start out as like maybe an assistant super or like a field engineer or something like that, but kind of work up the ranks in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I'll do whatever it takes to like find that company. Cause they're out there. And so if anyone's listening to this and you know, somebody in Nashville, that's looking for a young stud, um, you know, give me a shout, uh, and I can get you connected with him. But, uh, he was just so respectful and appreciative and excited to like start his career. And, uh, but he's also been doing it for six years too. And so I thought, uh, that was really cool and and really cool that I got to talk to him. Fuck. Yeah, it is. I'm writing down some notes on that. You and I will talk about this after, but no, that's really cool that people are reaching out to you and, you know, knowing your connections, you know, they trust you and they're like, Hey, where should I go? This is the industry I want to go in. Put me somewhere, you know, or connect me with the right people. That's super cool. Yeah, man. And the nice thing is too, is they're not like looking at me like a recruiter and it's just like, Hey, like if you know anybody that's looking for somebody that's ready to get dirty and like, you know, learn the ropes, uh, let me know. And so I'm like, hell yeah. Like, trust me, there are a lot of companies out there. And then really just jumping on the call and being like, what do you want? Like, what, where do you want to live? Where, what size of company do you want to work for? What kind of things are you looking to learn? So, um, yeah, man, more of that is just, it fires me up and, uh, you know, guys like Tanner are going to go far in, yeah. uh, in their careers. And he, he's just like, 
you know, 22. And he's like, man, I can't believe like how successful you are at 28. I'm like, dude, thank you for one. But like, I feel like we're just getting started, you know, and it's, it's not, and I didn't want to like say it the wrong way, but I'm like, it's not that hard and you can do it, especially you at 22. I'm like, dude, just go be yourself and uh, you're going to crush it. That and put some time in. Don't expect greatness mm-hmm. right away. Don't expect to be given everything right away. Put your time in, pay yeah. your dues, and it'll come. That's what I really liked about his attitude is he had the opposite um, attitude of like entitlement. And so he was just like, I'm ready to put in my time. I'm ready to learn and you know work with others and you know learn in a leadership role and kind of start from the bottom leadership, but have that intention of, you know, being a superintendent and a field engineer, like whatever it is, like overseeing a job site. Absolutely. That'd be super cool. But yeah, man. And then um, let's see. I think that was the last. Yeah. So that was the last question I had uh, in that group. Um, yeah. I mean, I was waiting for that text to come in and it hasn't come in yet, but that'll be, um, that'll be another um podcast when that one yeah we'll do that on the next one and yeah for for all you guys you know send us your questions um let us know what you want to hear and then yeah if if something is like very technical and we may make it a webinar topic and so that that's another thing to think about is we always want to answer the questions but we always we want to do it in a way where we make sure we're answering them in the right way so um yeah i guess wrapping up if you're going to the Dirt World Summit, let us know. Use that Dirtbags 10. Dirtbags um, 10, baby. Dirtbags 10, let's go. Whether Influence. it's $10 or 10%, use it. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, and then, uh, oh, one other thing that I thought this was really cool is, uh, so first of all, thank you. Uh, Black Iron is you know sponsoring our Phaser Gala, the Phaser oh, fundraiser. I'm excited to be there. This is the first Dude, one I'll go to, or I'll be yeah. able to. It's going to be a good time. And the crazy part about this, and I wanted to share this is, you know, so obviously been pushing it the last couple of weeks. Um, and is it kind of our first year doing sponsorships, which I, I really love because it gives people, businesses and people a chance to like support a cause, even if they can't make it. And so, um, you know, I've been posting that graphic. We have a silver, a gold and a diamond sponsorship level. It's like 500, a thousand, 2000. We've gotten seven sponsorships and not a single one of those seven companies is based out of Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. That's cool. Isn't that sweet? That's really um, cool. We've got everything from, you know, different cities in Minnesota, different cities in North Dakota, and even Florida, like people that aren't even attending, but they're just like, Luke, we love what you're doing. Yep. We want to help out, you know, put us down for a gold sponsor or whatever. And okay. so- it, uh, I'm like, shit, like they're outperforming our own community. Like I, like, I should, hell yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. It, it's very, very cool. And so, um, you know, hats off. And I think six of the seven are construction companies. That's um, cool. so that's another thing I wanted to mention is just like a uh, huge support that, that we're feeling. And Luke, I know you and I are going to talk about it as well, but, um, we're going to do a much bigger scholarship for um, the trades for next year's uh, high school graduates. And so that's something, you know, we're just going to keep growing our businesses so that we can keep giving back even, even bigger. So thank you again for all your support. Um, You know, started from being in the newspaper on our first phase of Friday episode to, 
now dressing up and uh you know doing that the black tie gala so it'll be a good time oh i'm looking forward to it man so but no thank you thank you for your time and good podcast and again anybody with questions shoot them to luke or i shoot them to our personal pages our business pages the dirt bags page we'll see all of them so all right let's go see you guys peace